Welcome to DoD Secure, and I'm your host, Jeff Bennett. And today we're talking about your sexual behavior and your security clearance. It's appropriately titled, Can My Sexual Behavior Prevent Me From Getting a Security Clearance? And we're hopeful to answer that question for you. And we'd like to thank our sponsors. One is Red Bike Publishing. Um, come to us at our website at redbikepublishing.com and look for our security books, our book about security clearances, and our security training. And stay tuned to hear more about our other sponsors. And if you have any questions, we would like for you to go to editor at redbikepublishing.com and communicate with us there. Also, if you go to redbikepublishing.com, there is a form at the bottom. If you fill out that form, we'll register you for our newsletter and you'll get a free copy of our ebook, The Insider Guide, Insider's Guide to Security Clearances. And now, on with the show. So hi, I'm Jeff Bennett, and I'm here to talk to you about your security clearance. And the topic of this talk is, can your sexual behavior jeopardize your security clearance? Now that's a good question. It's not like the government is going to be morality police here. It's a big overarching type of issue. For example, when you agree to get a security clearance, you sign a non-disclosure agreement saying that you're gonna protect classified information. Part of that protection is making you less vulnerable to coercion or foreign control and influence or blackmail or whatever your activity that uh, in this situation, the sexual um, activity or sexual behavior could put you in jeopardy of putting the classified information under your control at risk. Now, remember, we talked about the 13 adjudicative criteria. There are 13 things that the adjudicators look at. And once you get your clearance, those 13 things are continued to be looked at as you go through your clearance process lifecycle because you will be investigated again. And other people are observing your behavior as well. And they have a requirement to report um, any um, behavior that... Um, kind of breaks the agreement that you have as far as protecting classified information and putting yourself at risk. So you're supposed to be, if you get a security clearance or if you have one or you're looking to get a security clearance, kind of above reproach as far as becoming a risk to national security. Of course, the adjudicators, when they look at your behavior, they also look at you as, you know, the whole person concept. What type of person are you? And how does this one uh, piece of behavior impact your ability to protect classified information? And some of those considerations, again, are how long ago did it happen? How many times did it happen? Is it continuing? So um, those are what the adjudicators take into um, account. Now, let's talk about specific examples of why sexual behavior could keep you from getting a security clearance or cause you to get your security clearance revoked. Remember, 
as a cleared person, you're supposed, you should be above reproach as far as putting classified information at risk. Uh, you've been deemed responsible. You've been deemed trustworthy and dependable. You're less, you're at, national security is at less risk in your hands in this situation. However, any sexual behavior or other types of behavior that cause, causes you to be um, exploitable, unbalanced, or if there's a word, arrestable, something that can get you arrested, you're putting um, security or classified information at a higher risk. So we want to talk about how sexual behavior puts your security clearance at risk because ultimately it puts classified information at risk. Um, some of the things that come to mind when I think of sexual behavior is the old spy movies and the old incidences where, you know, I used to be in the army, I had a security clearance and it was in the eighties and there were always reports of people um, military people, civilians working overseas who are always um, being put into positions to jeopardize national security because they got caught having sex with somebody, a foreign person. Basically, for example, the Russians were hooking up men with beautiful women for sexual liaisons, which were then recorded and used to exploit or blackmail that person with a security clearance. That's what we often think of. So in the 50s and 60s and 70s, we remember reports of, of, of people with security clearance falling because they became exploitable or they gave classified information over because they were <clears throat> caught doing something they weren't supposed to. But I'm also reminded of a story in the 70s and 80s where they tried to exploit a, a, a DOD employee um, who had a security clearance, but he, they filmed him having sex with somebody else. And they, they threatened to release that to his wife. And basically he says, go ahead, she knows that, we're swingers. So obviously that attempt failed, um, but that's the kind of position you can be in. And I always like to tell people when I'm giving training, if you're not a hot item over uh, back at home in the States, if people aren't, um, swarming all over you to be close to you. What makes you think it's going to be different when you're overseas? If you go overseas and suddenly you're a magnet for the opposite sex, there is an issue here. And it's probably not you. It's probably what you know or what you have access to. So please keep that in mind. All right. So let's talk about guideline D, sexual behavior, and how that can prevent you from keeping getting a clearance or from keeping that security clearance. It's tempting to think that sexual behavior only refers to sex offenders, sexual harassers, or sexual predators, but it's so much more. This also covers fetishes, prostitution, trading sex for favors or sex for drugs, um, adultery, being a swinger, having multiple sex partners. Again, keep in mind, it's not the morality police that are after you. It is is classified information that is in my hands, is it safe? Am I still trustworthy? So let's go and look at some incidences. Um, before that, why does sexual behavior um, that involves a criminal offense or whether or not it involves a criminal offense, why, why does it put uh, classified information at risk?
I'd like to think a minute to thank our sponsors. If it wasn't for them, we could not do this podcast. And we have some great sponsors on the show, and I'd like to recognize them one by one. So our first one I'd like to recognize are my friends at Security First and Associates. Um, They provide facility security officer and CSSO consulting and training services. And they realize that hiring a full-time FSO can be expensive. But, you know, a less expensive alternative is to use their managed security services. Their team of security professionals can help to minimize risk by assisting with many vital services from fingerprinting and background checks to security vulnerability assessments done by the government. They also offer JPASS training, and if you don't see the services that you need, just ask them. And these are services that are normally provided for clear defense contractors. So if you're looking for security clearances or to get your facility clearance, or if you already have your facility clearance, um, Security First and Associates are the ones to call. Um, They can be reached at securityfirstassociates.com or 443-325-7890. I'd also like to um, mention a book that we have coming out at Red Bike Publishing, and it's tentatively titled The Insider's Guide to Security Clearances. And again, this is for those who are seeking to get their security clearance and um, for those businesses who want to be cleared defense contractors. The government can provide facility security clearances and personnel security clearances and this book walks you through that process. If you already have a facility security clearance and you're hiring cleared employees, uh, take a look at another book called DOD Security Clearances and Contracts Guidebook. It's another book published by Red Bike Publishing and it tells you how to set up your company and be prepared to protect classified information. And both can be found at www.redbikepublishing.com. And now back to our show. Well, it may indicate a personality or emotional disorder. Not always, but sometimes it may. It may, it may reflect a lack of judgment or discretion. Um, it may put a person under duress or undue influence or coercion. And it can raise questions about reliability, or trustworthiness, or you know, the ability to protect classified information. So here are some examples. Um, you can get caught. If you're lying about it, it's possible to get caught. Um, I just read an article last year that uh, security clearance investigators may be getting authority to review a subject's um, social media, their websites, um, their technical devices. So they may be able to determine, you know, who has a pornographic addiction or an addiction to pornography, who is a swinger, who is unfaithful, who is based on their sexual or other behaviors, who is susceptible or who may become untrustworthy because of what they're posting on social media or what may be available on other websites. So technology, your behavior, putting that together can leave an impression uh, of whether or not you are trustworthy. So 
let's talk about some considerations. How have people gotten caught in sexual behavior issues? Do you remember the case of Ashley Madison? Um, again, this wasn't a result of any sleuthing or detective work. Somebody actually broke into the database and released everybody's names. And a lot of people's clearances were at jeopardy. Their marriages were at jeopardy. Um, Ashley Madison was a dating site for responsible adults or married adults. And it became all the rage because they promised a discreet behavior. And people got wrapped up in that. And they thought that what they were doing in darkness would never be brought to light. However, as we found out, it did get brought to light. And a lot of people had um, found themselves answering very tough questions. And a lot of people found themselves with their security clearance at Jeopardy in jeopardy. Okay, so impact of sexual behavior. Why is it so important? Why do we look at it? Again, it could lead you um, into blackmail situation or coercion. You know, somebody could know something about you and use that against you and cause you pressure. And you might break under that pressure and release classified information to them or become an agent of insider threat. And that's a big topic now too. So if you're exploitable, you as an authorized person, as a person with a clearance, could put security clearance in uh, security or classified information in jeopardy. And, um, you know, this not only goes with sexual behavior, but the other behaviors that we'll talk about later, alcohol, drugs, cyber crimes, many, many other things. All right, so let's look at sexual harassment. Sexual harassment might be making comments about a person's physical appearance, making them subject to sexually explicit jokes or comments, um, or making outright displays, outright displays of a sexual nature to oppress somebody else. And these can be considered um, very highly as problems while you're going through your um, security clearance investigation. Now, in this situation, we have people who've been denied a security clearance or had their security clearance revoked. In one situation, um, a, a person was conducting sexual harassment in public at work. It was noticed by everybody. Uh, law enforcement was involved. Lawsuits happened. And there's so much evidence against this person who had a security clearance. They were committing this sexual harassment and they lost their clearance. All right. Another applicant frequently over many years, three decades, uh, frequented um, prostitutes and massage parlors. Um, he, he went to prostitutes, traded sex for money or traded money for sex. And he also went to massage parlors and had sexual acts committed uh, or, or participated in sexual acts in, in massage parlors. He tried to rationalize by saying, hey, massage parlors are legal businesses, so I wasn't doing anything illegal there. I would say, you know what? Restaurants are legal businesses too, but if you traded sex for money there, that would be illegal, so that's not a rational decision. Thank God the judge agreed with me. Um, he, he saw that the, the, the person practiced a, or reflected a lack of, of, of discretion, a lack of good judgment. In fact, he committed poor judgment. And so he lost his clearance. 30 years is a long time. That means he's, he had a pretty good career that he lost. So he found himself looking for more work. 
Now we have another great sponsor and his name is Ron Sixtus and he sponsors us under the securityclarencedefenselawyer.com website. And Ron consults in all areas of security clearance concerns. He can be reached by phone at 256-398-3316 or through the website I gave earlier, securityclarencedefenselawyer.com. If you have questions or concerns about your security clearance application or during the time that you have a clearance and are under review, call Ron. He's available for you. 256-398-3316. Adultery uh, is an issue of judgment and of blackmail. And in this situation, an applicant was having an affair with a foreign person, a foreign woman, and in this affair, uh, there were several sexual encounters incur- occurred. And in fact, it wasn't just with this person. He, he was having sexual activity with multiple foreign sex persons, uh, foreign persons on a regular basis. Um, so it was an issue of a person having multiple sex partners, which may or may not be a big deal. Um, if he was married, it might have been a big, oh, he was married. I forgot that part. He is married. But the other big, bigger deal is he was susceptible to foreign influence and coercion because he was married. Um, he never informed his wife. He never went to counseling. And it appeared that he was practicing a behavior that was very risky and because of this ability to be coerced by a foreign person and the fact that he lied to his wife and he could be blackmailed to save his marriage, he lost his clearance. And his, well, his clearance was denied. Um, swingers and security clearances, you know, we're an open-minded society. You might argue that swinging is not necessarily a bad thing. You might argue that multiple sex partners are not a bad thing, but if you hide that information, lie about that information, or you show that you're being unfaithful and that behavior may move forward to you being unfaithful to your country and unfaithful to the classified information you're trying to protect, you may lose your clearance. One of the things that, that gets people um, about lying is you can be caught in your lies. And so uh, many people, in, in fact, who have had multiple sex partners have lied about these issues during the investigations. And when they come out, um, it's hard to recover from lying. Um, so the sexual acts in themselves spiraled into other acts and violations so that they were not able to get their security clearance. So I don't know if it means that you can be a swinger and truthful, but people have mitigated these behaviors before. I'm, I'm going to say it again. Some of these sexual behaviors have been mitigated because of the whole person concept. Um, and I'll talk to you about that in a moment. Um, public sex and the security clearance. So one applicant, um, he was having engaging sex in a very public place. It was out in the park in an open space. Um, the applicant argued, hey, we're both consenting adults. Sex is a private matter between consenting as adults. 
okay, if I, was, if I was going to talk to the judge, I would say, how is this a private matter? You're in public. Anybody can see this happening. You have no control of it. No control. Go to a room, go to a hotel, do what you need to do, but don't take it out in public where children are involved or other adults who don't even want to see your mess. So if you want to have sex with somebody, do it in a private place. This person, thank God the judge listened to me because this person uh, was denied a security clearance because they were exploitable. They're doing this out in public. People could have taken pictures of them. They could have been arrested. This is risky behavior uh, and it's careless and reckless behavior that could jeopardize their ability to protect classified information or actually put classified information in jeopardy because this person's unpredictable. All right. Just dating. I love this story. Um, this story is about a, a woman. She's a security cleared employee and she had a side hustle. It was good. I have a side hustle. I work full time, but I also have an online um, business and that's what we're doing right here. I have a security business. I write books. I sell training. My company's called redbytepublishing.com. Got that in there. Um, well, this woman had a side hustle too and it was online, but it was an online business where she keeps men company and she actually goes out on dates with them and she ran it out of her home. Neighbors started noticing this and they called the police. And in, in this situation, the police pulled over one of the men and he admitted that he was trading money for sex with this woman. So it came reported, she got arrested. And as a result, this went to her records and she was denied a security clearance. She appealed. All right. She said, Hey, of course I had sex. I like these men. There was no money involved. Unfortunately, more men kept getting arrested and admitting that they were having sex with this um, person for money. So the, the clearance was denied. Okay. Again, the government is not trying to be a morality police. I hope this taught you that um, protecting classified information is a big responsibility. There are so many countries and entities that want to know what we know. The reason things are classified is to prevent access to it. If you have a secret clearance, you're eligible to view secret information but only if you have a need to know. So if there are that many controls protecting classified information, we need to know who is protecting them, that they will continue to protect them by not making themselves vulnerable to exploitation. Um, again, some sexual behavior is not necessarily bad in itself, but if you become under coercion or foreign influence or ability to be um, turned as an insider, or put under blackmail, then it's a bigger problem. If you're lying on your application about anything, that could be a problem. And if your sexual behavior was tied with other crimes, again, that's a problem. So it's not all bad news. I talked to you about the um, whole person concept. The whole person concept is is where the adjudicator looks at your behavior 
and looks at the person you are and have been. And they look at recency. How long did it ago did it happen? Um, if you had affairs, did you admit to the affairs and receive marital counseling? How long ago did that prostitution offense occur? How frequent was it? Um, did you end your swinging lifestyle? You know, these are the things that the adjudicator will take into account. So the question of can your sexual behavior put your security clearance in jeopardy? Yes, it can. Can it be mitigated? Of course, many things can be mitigated, but it depends on your ability to not be coerced and protect classified information. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Security First and Associates, and Ron Sixtus at securityclearancedefenselawyer.com, and of course, Red Bike Publishing. 